The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. COVID 19 pandemic continuing coverage on 630 Chad. It's uh, 5.20, and uh, let's head to City Hall. Mayor Don Iverson and uh, acting um, uh, city manager Adam Laughlin standing by. We'll, we'll start things off with the mayor. Uh, today, City Council agreed to renew our state of local emergency for another seven days, which, as I indicated last week, we expect will have to be maintained for many weeks to come yet. I was also very pleased to hear uh, in today's briefing from Adam that, for the most part, Edmontonians are being very cooperative and complying with all of the required social distancing rules. All of your efforts are helping us to flatten the curve and contain the virus, so please keep doing your part by staying in washing hands, and maintaining physical distance if you must go out. It's working, which means it's saving lives. Now, we've also received our update from city officials on the new measures that are needed to keep Edmontonians safe, and I know Adam will get into those in a few minutes here. City Council fully supports the measures being taken, and we know, however, of course, that some people will be disappointed. But at the end of the day, we need to come together and understand as a community that the decisions are being made in the interests of public health. Prioritizing health and safety means some will be inconvenienced, but Edmontonians just need to know that the city doesn't take any of these decisions lightly, and these measures are required. We're in a life or death scenario here. And together we can save lives if we all work together to keep flattening the curve. I was also pleased to hear about the Prime Minister's announcement about expanded support for small business. We know our businesses are struggling and along the way mayors have been making the case for relief for vulnerable people, for households and for businesses. And that additional support that was announced like rent relief and expanded eligibility for financial assistance under the Canada Emergency Business uh, Business Account will be welcomed news in our community. As I mentioned earlier today, Edmontonians are very local, to, uh, very loyal to their local businesses, pardon me, and we need to keep doing all that we can to keep those businesses thriving here. So thank you to everyone for your ongoing commitment to shopping local. And speaking again of the, the federal government, uh, just a note that I have a call scheduled tomorrow with the Deputy Prime Minister and with Canada's big city mayors uh, tomorrow, hoping to hear reassurance that we need, along with households, businesses and vulnerable people, about supports for municipalities to deal with our increasingly pressing financial challenges. We've heard from mayors across the country in the last uh, days and weeks about mounting pressures our organizations are facing. and so. We hope to hear some positive news tomorrow. At this point, I'll hand it over to Adam to update on some of the new measures the city is taking to keep everyone safe. Adam? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, appreciate folks joining us virtually. Um, uh, as the mayor mentioned, today we put in some measures to ensure the safety of our public. Uh, we've renewed the state of local emergency for seven days and um, this will allow us to continue to reallocate resources and adjust services to respond to the pandemic. Uh, we've made further changes to the transit system um, that will be coming to, into effect in the coming days starting April 20th. All ETS buses will stop running at midnight and the LRT service will stop at 10 p.m. 
Our current ridership levels have declined uh, close to 80 percent, uh, particularly during the early morning and late evening periods. Um, this change in travel time uh, reflects that some essential service providers are opening later and closing earlier. Uh, we understand this move may impact some of our, our workers that are providing uh, essential services in hospitals, uh, extended care facilities and grocery stores. We're in contact with those businesses and, and um, we're exploring options to ensure that people can still get to and from work safely. While we're still working through the details, this could include uh, shuttle services or potentially partnerships with uh, vehicle for hire businesses if, if deemed necessary. Daytime non-destination ridership is being successfully managed by moving people back downtown to shelters by shuttle buses from Century Park and Nate LRT stations and some bus routes. Uh, this appears to be working well so far and uh, we continue our efforts to try and support uh, safe ridership on our, our transit service. Uh, three additional changes will be made to increase the safety of DATS drivers. Starting uh, next Monday, ETS will add five screening questions to DATS trip booking process. All DATS trips will, be, will transport only one passenger at a time, and all DATS operators will be issued surgical masks. Uh, the reason these masks are being offered uh, to DATS operators and not conventional conventional bus operators is because it's different in terms of the busing. Uh, conventional bus operators have plexiglass shields between them and their passengers while DATS uh, buses do not have the shields and they're also in closer proximity to uh, the passengers in the DATS service. Um, and Edmonton is one of uh, only two transit systems in the country that have shields to ensure that our operators are safe on buses. Again, the, uh, the safety of our operators and our passengers continues to be our highest priority during this time. We'll also be temporary, temporarily suspending the license agreement between the city and the e-scooter businesses. Our concerns are focused on the lack of stringent cleaning protocols between users and, and the fact that this is a non-essential transportation service. We believe that without strong cleaning protocols, Users could spread the virus through touching the handlebars uh, with other e-scooter e users. Uh, again, this decision was made in the safety, uh, it, it, with the mind of safety to our public. The license agreement will not be renewed for the duration of this public health emergency. I had a question yesterday related to sports field and we are also making changes to the availability of city-owned sports field. Um, we decided to cancel all public sports fields bookings up into including uh, May 31st. Refunds have been provided to the end of May and we'll continue to engage with our sports community partners as they revise their, their season schedules and, and game plans. Uh, we do hope to see uh, teams back on the field soon, but uh, we are only going to permit that when we feel it's safe to do so. Uh, while the city has not made a decision to close sports fields, courts, and diamonds to the public, we are asking that you continue to follow the physical distancing requirements uh, when you're in these public spaces. Edmontonians have asked us to look at creating more options for sharing roadways with walkers and cyclists. This weekend we'll expand access from Victoria Promenade to include Victoria Park Road, uh, which will connect folks to the River Valley. And next week, we'll expand pedestrian and bike space around Saskatchewan Drive. We'll continue to look at different areas that, that could be closed to create more safe walking and biking spaces. 
And I said this yesterday and again to Edmontonians, I, I just want to say thank you. Um, you're taking all of these measures uh, that we have put in place to heart and we can uh, see that you're listening to the public health officials by your by your efforts to stay home, be, uh, take the efforts to physical, uh, to, to respect the physical distancing requirements when you do leave home. Uh, we also noted today, and the mayor mentioned this, that we're, we're seeing good compliance when it comes to math, mass gathering restrictions across the city. Um, there's also been good compliance related to the non-essential business closures. Um, uh, we're seeing low attendance at city parks and those who are attending, again, are respecting the physical distancing requirements. Uh, we are also seeing low attendance at the dog parks and their parking lots uh, with only a, a small number of warnings issued. Uh, I know these changes are, are difficult, but they're, they're required. Uh, we need to keep Edmontonians safe uh, and, and you doing your part helps to do that. So thank you for your patience and understanding. Happy to take questions now. Thank you, Adam. We have a number of reporters online, but I committed to asking a question on behalf of Scott Johnston, who couldn't be online, and this is likely directed to the mayor. What information are we able to share about K-Days, given the use of Expo currently, and in light of discussions that are underway in Calgary about the stampede? Um, well, uh, the whole summer festival season has been uh, a, a question of, of concern for people, one festival organizers, obviously, and, and people who benefit from employment with the festivals, uh, sponsors, and so on, uh, and also festival goers. Um, uh, so, obviously, if we're in a situation where the Expo Centre is still needed for uh, day programs uh, or for quarantine or for both, um, then obviously we'd be uh, we could infer from that safely that we'd be in a situation where uh, gathering restrictions would also still be in place and there would be no festivals of any scale including k-days happening in the event that the measures are lifted and gatherings are permitted under certain conditions um, then that that might mean that some festivals and some activities could proceed, um, uh, but at this point, I think realistically, uh, much of the festival season is going to be disrupted by this. Um, uh, clearly, the use of the Expo Centre on an emergency basis will take priority over um, a festival activity. Uh, as to the sort of technical measures and assessments around that, I'll uh, yield to Adam here to, to fill in a little bit on how that's being um, handled. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. There's a follow-up to that question from Scott, which is, how do the lease implications for the Expo Centre work in light of a changed use? And uh, that's something that uh, we, we can't answer at, at this point in time. Um, we continue to work closely, I, I mentioned this yesterday, with all of the festival groups and, and ensure that we're supporting them in the decisions that they're making and, and I'll just echo what the mayor said that um, decisions related to festivals are really driven by the, the provincial health orders that we're, we're under right now and, and, and any decisions on a festival proceeding will be driven by what health orders we have in place and, and, and you know for the city's perspective we were required to issue licenses to support these festivals. We would not issue on the basis of this health order being in place. Thank you, Adam. I'm going to go next to Keith from the Edmonton Journal. Keith, go ahead, please. Hi there. Can you hear me? We can. 
Okay, great. Uh, my question, I think, is for Adam, and this has to do with the uh, reductive late-night bus or train. And depending on your answer, I may have a follow-up. How much of that decision is related to the fact that maybe no one's riding uh, after 10 or after midnight? And how much of it is related to continued trouble with non-destination riders? I'd say both are equally the, the drivers behind that decision. I mentioned before in council that um, our ability to continue to provide the essential service of transit and the challenges that we've experienced as a result of the different uh, configurations um, related to supporting uh, different populations uh, has been a challenge for us. And, and um, I would say both of those, Keith, are, are things that are, are driving our decisions related to the hours and the approach that we're taking uh, specifically to non-destination um, users. Did you have a follow-up, okay. Keith? Yeah, specifically on the, the non-destination riders, I mean, I, I, I will say this, that I, I do think it's a shame that some people that do require legitimate later night transit are, are being going to be kind of punished for the actions of some people who are maybe not behaving themselves. But my question is really around why is this continuing to be an issue? If you can give us some details as to what transit operators are seeing, and you know why have the city's measures to deal with this so far? Why haven't they been effective enough? Um, so, so in this, there's there's never a perfect solution. I mean, I, I would say that for many of the situations that we're dealing with, uh, it is very iterative, and and certainly don't want to punish individuals on the basis of of broad decisions related to transit. Uh, which is why we're actually working with some of the um, essential services to ensure that we have a solution for those that currently use transit um, in in a time that's outside of the um, the, the, the the times that we're reducing. Um, in terms of some of the uh, the challenges we're we're facing, it's it's um, sort of the the behaviors that are unacceptable, quite frankly. Uh, in any any facility, and um, the, the the efforts that we've taken in terms of transporting um, non-destination users to the appropriate locations, like shelters or, or downtown, have certainly helped that. Um, but it's an ongoing body of work that we continue to to undertake and, and uh, again, uh, really appreciate Edmontonians' patience as, as we work through this. Um, I'll, I'll say there isn't, I don't think anybody has a playbook as it relates to navigating through this situation and, and I, I just want to thank uh, Edmontonians for their patience during this time and, and I do want to thank our staff for their creative ways in coming up with a way to mitigate the issues that we're seeing on transit. Thank you, Adam. I'm going to go to Vinesh next. Go ahead, please. Yeah, Adam, so I, I want to just expand upon uh, just the transit. You know, I mean, obviously there's safety issues, and it's not only the bus, the LRT, but the three transit centres. You know, how concerning is this for the city? And, you know, is there anything more that will be done, or do you think you've, you've done enough in terms of addressing safety concerns? 
it's it's been a concern from from the start for us and so the measures that we've taken um, and there's been dozens of them that we've implemented are all in the spirit to protect the health and safety of of our our transit operators and our passengers uh, and is this the last step probably not if I've learned if we've learned anything from this is that this requires uh, ongoing iterations to mitigate uh, issues that that come up uh, in this in this pandemic um, so uh, continuing to look at at, at how we can improve uh, and I think what you're seeing is that we're we're acting very quickly uh, on these issues when they come up when we we do see an issue and 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 we need to address it we we act really quickly and and uh, and and sometimes and this is the uniqueness of being in the state of local emergency we're doing this uh, prior to even having a conversation with council about it so uh, we're not uh, we're not uh, I don't anticipate we're done uh, making alterations to the transit system uh, and we continue to ensure that we're doing everything we can to um, make things as safe as possible for our users and our operators. And Vinesh, it's probably worth underscoring that we have a fabulously collaborative relationship with the Edmonton Police Service who've been working closely with us on these iterative solutions. Did you have a follow-up? Uh, yes, for the mayor. Um, uh, mayor, I know you addressed, uh, you know, the, the fact that Edmontonians have been quite cooperative and, and whatnot. Um, just, you know, as the warm weather finally settles in, uh, are you uh, concerned that people might lose patience? You know, this vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, the sports fields and the and the, the cancellations up until May 31st, especially considering how short the season is to be out, outdoors enjoying the sunshine. Well, fortunately, we live in a city with over 800 parks, uh, and so there's lots of room for people to spread out and be outside and enjoy the good weather. Um, and uh, even though some of the kinds of recreation they might be used to uh, are off limits, certainly contact sports and and anything like that uh, uh, is a is a transmission vector for a virus like this. So I think the message has gotten through to most people about the, the gravity of the situation here. So I, I suspect what we'll see is increased use of public spaces and that's why we're working uh, to um, as things warm up here make more spaces on the roadway available for walking as well as uh, uh, to complement those uh, those 875 uh, parks I think and and the largest urban park in North America in the River Valley and so I think there's room for everybody to be outside and and um, and not have to escalate uh, any of the measures that uh, people have been respecting so far around dogs on leash, around playground ground closures, and around respectful conduct on uh, on the stairs, for example. So I think the message is there. Um, and if we need to reinforce it with warnings, there'll be lots of inspection and monitoring activity. Uh, the fines are hefty, and so far we haven't uh, had to issue very many of those. Um, but But the city will enforce because lives are on the line. Thank you. I'll go next to Natasha and then to Dustin. Go ahead, please, Natasha. I think you're muted, Natasha. I see. I, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I thought I had to press start to unmute. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, then I have a question, uh, first of all, about enforcement of taxis and Ubers. And, and can you give us a sense of how often the city, city bylaw or peace officers are monitoring or inspecting those? Uh, it's probably for Adam. 
So just to make sure I, I heard that, Natasha, it's the, the number of inspections for vehicle for hire? Yes, correct. Um, it's uh, part of uh, a regular, um, I would say, daily inspection process for our bylaw officers and, and peace officers, depending on the situation. Uh, I think uh, Mr. Aiken reported today that there's um, uh, outreach to the different... Um, uh, uh, sorry, I'm blanking on the word, but basically the the groups that uh, the agencies that that provide the the vehicle fire service, um, the brokers. Thank you. Um, um, so there's outreach to them to ensure that that's being enforced within within their groups. Um, and and Mr. Aiken reported today that I think there's there's been some. Um, warnings issued, but uh, generally good compliance. Did you have a follow-up, Natasha? Yes, please. Um, specifically, I'd just like to know what they look for. I mean, how can you ensure that a driver is cleaning uh, the door handles and such every time a passenger gets in and out? From my understanding, that that's what was required. Yeah. It's cleanliness of the vehicle. Um, it's uh, observing that they've actually got the cleaning supplies within the vehicle. Uh, it's checking in with the brokers to ensure that they're providing those those cleaning supplies. Uh, those are the those are the methods to, um, and, and again, ensure is a strong word, but to uh, do everything we can to make sure that they're uh, adhering to um, the order that we have. I'm going to go next to Dustin. Please go ahead with your question, Dustin, from the journal. Um, support for vulnerable populations has been uh, front and center through this pandemic and uh, announced by the city as one of the highest prior priorities. I'm wondering why um, the update on this was kept in private and uh, what can be shared about what was discussed. Are shelters reaching capacity? I'm just guessing there, but can you share what you can about what was discussed? We provided council an update on the different uh, facilities that are in operation and, and different potential approaches uh, to continue to support. And unfortunately, that's all I could share at, at this point in time. Did you have a follow-up, Dustin? Sure, I'll change topics. Um, <laughs> uh, wondering uh, why not proactively close uh, amenities such as the sports fields, basketball courts, um, you know, imagining potentially a very nice day could see um, large crowds at these and then I imagine the city would take action. Why not take action ahead of time? Um, it's a good question, Dustin. I, I think part of uh, what we want to try to do is is create a balance where those facilities are available that if you are able to um, in, a, in a physically distancing way use those facilities, then, then we'd encourage that. But obviously, and, and recall the, the staircase I issue that we had a few, uh, I'm, it must be weeks. Yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, uh, that was a concern for us and, and we messaged, we, we patrolled, we, we, we took steps to ensure signage folks observed the physical distancing requirements and to their credit Edmontonians responded and we haven't uh, seen a similar incident. So um, th there may be a point here, Dustin, where 
just the general activity that we see in some of these open spaces starts to increase that we might take a proactive approach to this. Uh, we're not afraid to take that step, but um, I, I think based on the response from Edmontonians, which has been generally really good in, in terms of observing um, the, the guidelines, not the guidelines, the restrictions provided by the province through the public health orders has been good. So we want to provide them that, that opportunity to, to use these amenities and and, and, and if they do in a way that, that honors the requirements from the provincial government, uh, great. If they don't, um, not afraid to take the steps to close them. You've been listening to a news conference with Mayor Don Iveson and Interim City Leader Adam Laughlin. Um, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. Uh, we'll go over what was discussed uh, in the last 25 minutes or so. Just some some uh, points of interest to uh, just make sure that you're aware of.